Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Here we go. Hey everyone, this is Jamie with Madlet Musings today, and we have with us a new to Ravel Publishing author, but not a new to the book world author because she has a backlist of amazing books. We have Stefania McGee, and I think I just completely mispronounced your name. Yep. <laughs> it's All right. Stefania. What? Stefania. Stefania? Stefina. Stefina. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I know that. it doesn't look like that at all. That's my father's fault. No, it's cool. I love creative names. <laughs> all right. So tell me a little bit about that before we tell a little bit about your book. My father's name is Stephen. Okay. Um, so he took Stephen and put an IA on it and decided it was said Stefina. So I said, Daddy, you know, you blessed me with the opportunity to explain my name to every person I meet usually multiple times and I'm like so usually I just go by Steph because I hate having to correct people (laughs) no that's not it usually they say Stephanie uh because it looks like Stephanie until you get to the a at the end and uh a in there so they go Stephanie uh well and I think part of mine was just the natural assumption because I've been in Italy and stuff and you know to me it just is like Stephania you know, mm-hmm. it's just how we do it. But, you know, goes to show never make assumptions because usually before every podcast starts, I clarify with the author how to pronounce their name and yours just <laughs> seemed really straightforward. But then as I start saying it, your head's like going, no. And I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have said that to you beforehand, but I didn't think about it. Yeah. But I did pronounce the last name right, right? It is McGee, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is going to be too fun of a podcast. I love it already. Okay, so <laughs> hello, readers. <laughs> hello. I could edit all this out, but this is what makes a podcast fun, right? No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they were all wondering, how do you say her name anyway? So yeah, probably. Well, now we know, and we'll never forget it. Stefina. I like it. It's really pretty. Well, thank you. So I at least you're Jesse Lane for three days, and then my father wanted me named after him. So, oh. Wow. Then my mother had to file paperwork to have it changed. So they realized she would never have any more children. So then they decided that it was named after him. And then I have her middle name. So, well, that works. That works. I like that. My birth certificate actually got changed too, because I was born Jamie and they spelled it J-A-M-I-E. And then my mom decided one night to sit down and watch, I think it was Superwoman. I don't know, something on the TV that was a superhero female who had the name Jamie in real life and spelled it J-A-I-M-E. And she was like, we have to change it. So (laughs) I told her, I said, was that the first cue that I was going to be your super daughter? And she was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So Anyway, you are an established author with several books to your name, but you do have a new release out with Ravel called The Secrets of Ember Wild. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you write and about this new release? 
All right, so this one is a historical romance. It is set in 1905 at a Mississippi horse farm. And my character wants to be a horse trainer. And at that time, women didn't really do that. They were supposed to be in skirts. And, you know, she wants to keep wearing pants and be out there riding this horse who's a stallion and everybody's very upset about that. Um, so it's, it's about her and her kind of strong female character and becoming what she is determined to be. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Is it set in the U.S.? Yes, it's in Mississippi. Mississippi. You might have said that, but I was still enraptured by staring at this book cover. So if people aren't looking <laughs> at the book cover while we're talking on this podcast, shame on you because it's an awesome book cover. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. They did a really good job. And uh, Arrow is the horse and he's a huge part of the story. So I love that he got to be on there too. Yeah. You know, so often with horses, you see them in the background, like it's a silhouette or the heroes riding them or something, unless it's a Western, but even then they're often in the background. I love yeah. how the horse and the girl are just front and center. Mm-hmm. And you just know, when you pick it up, you're reading a horse equestrian novel. So yeah, you can really see their bond in that picture. You really, really can. Yeah. And I like the fact that it's set in Mississippi. So would this be considered like Southern historical romance? Yes, and all of my books are set in the South, so I think that kind of fits my theme there. <laughs> are you from the South? Does that mean I live in Mississippi? Southern? There you go. See, yeah. <laughs> so hey, I, I finally have a friend in Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, I pulled in a lot of the Mississippi stuff. Like, there's a Neshoba County Fair, which is a big deal here, and it's the only horse track in the state. And so in the story, it's the early days that they were allowed to race in that horse track. So I was able to bring in a lot of that history, which I thought was cool. Oh, that is really cool. I like that. That's awesome. I love getting the local history, um, especially when you're not local, because then you learn about areas that you weren't familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I would dare to say, and maybe it's just me, but I don't think I've read a lot of books set in Mississippi before either. Probably not. We don't have a whole lot here, so... (laughs) at Um, least you have a river named after you right that spans the entire united states yes but then i always get confused when there's like mississippi valley author thing and i'm like hey and then it's in you know way up there in missouri or something i'm like that one's not mississippi (laughs) (laughs) that one confused me too i got an invite to be at the mississippi river readers yes that conference Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i don't know if i can make it to mississippi this year then i found out it was in minnesota and i'm like Oh yeah, I guess the Mississippi does run yeah. through Minnesota. So <laughs> you have dogs in the background, and you know what? Here on this podcast, we love animals, so let them bark. We are totally the UPS fine with man it. is here. I think he's bringing more books, so we'll forget well, him. Well, that's that's a good thing. Hey, you know, real life is the best, and we try and edit it out too much in in entertainment. And I am all for real life. So. <laughs> Besides, if you're getting more books, yeah, well, that's a good books. thing. So that's I can't fuss too much. <laughs> no, that's that's the perfect, perfect type of uh, delivery truck. So mm-hmm. yay for UPS. Here's a yay. here's a um, free plug for the men in brown. <laughs> <laughs> the book bringers. Yay for the book bringers. <laughs> yes, yes. My mailman sometimes brings books and he gets a little scared when I come flying out the door at him. He's like, what? Is it more books? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> give them to mama <laughs> oh fun okay so you have Nora 
who I love the back cover copy says Nora Fenton prefers horses to men. <laughs> so does she have, oh, <laughs> I'm going to keep reading. Nora Fenton prefers horses to men. They're easier to handle. They're more reliable and they never tell her what to do. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. So is Nora kind of a, a spitfire? Oh yeah. Headstrong type of girl. Very headstrong. Um, she, her parents, you know, of course, tried to set her up and, and have all these suitors. And she's like, no, no, they're not going to work for me. And Nora says that uh, she said, well, I might have been OK with marriage if I'd have found somebody who wasn't quite so weak because I'm not going to follow a weak man. <laughs> so she's very determined that unless it's, you know, somebody that can be her match, then there's no reason she's going to be forced to marry anybody. She's a smart woman, actually. I think I think I like her a lot already, but she does meet Silas. She does. Tell us a little bit about Silas. So Silas is sort of that strong but easygoing guy. And when he starts to work with Arrow, who is her wild, very wild stallion, and he can kind of communicate with the horse in a way that's strong and respectful and yet isn't trying to grab him and beat him like the other men try to do. Nora has a whole different perspective on this guy. This guy is not like the other men in her life. Okay. Okay. That sounds, that sounds really great. And we know already by the description of Nora that she needs a non-average man in her life. Yes. I love that. I love that. So when you get into writing this book, um, you know, obviously there's horses, there's romance, there's Mississippi. Um, what are some of the spiritual threads that you weave into the book and why are they important? Um, this book has a, a really good theme of freedom. Um, Nora is always searching for freedom in her life, in her circumstances and what she wants to do. And I really wanted to explore that theme with, well, what is true freedom and where does it come from? And I think in, in my own life, dealing with some of the same sort of things, I learned that the real freedom comes in our identity in Christ, who we are, who he says we are. And those circumstantial things somehow become not quite as big of a deal as they were before when you have an inner freedom and so that was a lot of what I wanted to explore in this story for her and for Silas, because he had his own issues and things that were holding him down and um, trying to figure out what happened to his father. And there was a freedom that came for him as well when he was able to, to kind of look at what God's plans were for him instead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that sometimes, you know, when we look at freedom, do you think sometimes as believers, we don't even realize that we're trapped. Oh yeah. 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 We did a, a study in Galatians and just talking about all of the things that we put on ourselves, you know, mm. all of the different um, kind of legalistic things that we put on ourselves and that we don't even realize, like we don't even know that we do that. And, you know, Jesus said he came to, to set us free and have abundant life. And I think we forget about a lot of the joy that we have just because we're so focused on our checklist and our to-do list and well, did, mm -hmm. did I do this and did I do it the right way? And mm -hmm. there's a lot more freedom in just being. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, and that's true. And you think about it too. Um, you mentioned just kind of the rules and stuff we set with us. And I know one of the things that, you know, I struggled with growing up and I don't know if you did, but it was the concept of freedom was almost scary because there was this feeling like if you're free, then you can do whatever you want, which means sin becomes mm-hmm. more dangerous, which means let's trap ourselves more so that we don't make an error. Yeah. Um, so how do you, how have you faced that or have you faced that or, or what would be your advice, I guess? <laughs> well, you know, my husband and I were talking about this when we were doing Galatians and we talked about this idea of guardrails, mm. you know, when God would say this item X here is a sin. Well, we, in order to avoid that would set up some guardrails for ourselves and say, you know, I don't want to get close to that. So I'm going to set up a safety area for myself here. The problem is where my safety area is may not be where your safety area is, right? You may be able to be a lot closer to that line than I am. But if I know that this particular thing is a big struggle for me, I may want to step three or four steps further back from it and kind of keep myself guarded there. And that's something I think I learned through my uh, late teen years, early college area, you know, because I was saved in the sixth grade and then somewhere along the line in late high school it's like I had oh I'm on my own I'm free I do whatever and I Mm -hmm. managed to get myself in a lot of trouble and so you know I had to learn where is it with my faith and what should I be doing and what shouldn't I be doing and kind of figuring all of that out right right no that's that's so true and I was just thinking as you were talking I was looking at the uh the verse, I actually looked it up because I'm a horrible paraphraser. So let's not paraphrase the Bible, but in first Corinthians where it talks about, um, like the new international version says, I have the right to do anything you say, Mm -hmm. but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Right. And so it's finding that balance in, in freedom. Um, why do you think God gives us that freedom? Why don't you think he, he holds us to a strict, like do this, don't do this. And it's very black and white. Well, I think where's love without choice, Mm. you know, the deeper relationship we get with Jesus, the more that at least for me, I want to do the things that would please him. And even though in the moment I might feel like in my, my human form here that I would like to do this, this would be great. I would really like to tell off this person who, you know, jumped in front of me in traffic or whatever. I would like to do that. That would make me feel good. And then I'm like, yeah, but that would be very honoring and probably wouldn't be, you know, pleasing. So I probably shouldn't do that. And so I, um, I don't know. Yeah. I think that, I think I got lost on what I was trying to say. <laughs> no, I think, I think it was making sense though, because you were, you know, you're talking about those guardrails and then making those choices. Like, yeah, we have the freedom to make the choice to react however mm-hmm. we want, but the damage of the consequences from that. Yes. Yes. That's what I was trying to get to the damage of the consequences of sometimes making a choice that is definitely not the choice you should be making. Right. And then you have to deal with, even though you wanted to. <laughs> So we've kind of talked a little bit about freedom of choice. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Nora, your character, and the concept of freedom and finding out who you are in Christ. Because we have that choice, but then there's also those constraints that we've put on ourselves of not feeling valid 
or valuable or acceptable. Um, and I want to see how that plays into your characters' lives too. So let's take a break. Okay. Sounds good. Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker Publishing Group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title. All right, we are back with Stefina McGee. Yes. Got her name right. And um, we have been talking about freedom, uh, freedom in Christ, freedom in our faith. We've been talking about making choices and consequences. I mean, we've like gone pretty deep for a horse book already. I'm <laughs> yeah. I don't think this is where most people are going to go with this type of a conversation. <laughs> but you talked about how Nora um, is experiencing um, the exploration of finding out who she is in Christ and the freedom that comes with that. And mm-hmm. I know that that's not just the freedom to make decisions and, you know, the rights and the wrongs, but it's also freedom to be who God's created you to be. So how do you do that? Like when you don't like yourself or you find that you're not sure you're worthy or valuable? That's a tough question. I have struggled with that most of my life. Um, you know, I always thought that, well, I had to be perfect at something or I had to, you know, I I didn't like certain aspects of my personality. I've always been weird, uh, a little awkward, and I'm not so great in social situations. And so I tried to learn to be quiet and not Mm -hmm. say a whole lot. And, you know, I struggled with a lot of things of feeling like I just didn't really like who I was. And one day my husband looked at me and he said, you know, God made you the way you are with your personality. And he said, it's kind of rude that you continually tell him he did it wrong. And I was like, wow, (laughs) yikes. Let me think about that for a while. And so as I've gotten later into my thirties, I've just kind of become more of who God made me to be. And I think Nora does a lot with that in the story. Um, She was set with a lot of constrictions about how a lady was supposed to act and what a lady was supposed to do. And she's constantly pushing against that. But at the same time, it affects her thinking, well, I'm not all those things. So Mm -hmm. maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not able to do any of this stuff. And so kind of figuring out you know, you can be who God made you to be and be the best you without changing who you are. Mm, I love that. I'm thinking about that. Be the best <laughs> you you can be without changing who you are. That's hard. It is very hard. So much of life, um, whether it's cultural or whether it's how you were raised or the memories that you have, we like to rewrite our stories. Oh, Yeah. We don't want to say this is my story, therefore I accept it. Mm-hmm. And I I continue to see what God's going to do with it. It's like, nope, shelve that book. Yep. Let's start over. Let's start a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no backspace key to no, she didn't actually do that. Let's erase that. And she did this instead. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that option in real life. So <laughs> 
And you know, the thing is, just Justina, I don't think you're really the only person who hasn't <laughs> felt like they're socially awkward. <laughs> I just want to throw that out. My oh, husband yeah. was like the other day, he's like, oh, there's a, a women's prayer breakfast going on at church. Are you going to go? And I'm like, me in a group of women praying? <laughs> I will definitely say something about murder or crime and ruin the atmosphere. <laughs> do not belong there. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, funny. But hey, so I'm looking at the first page of your book, um, which by the way, everybody can get a sample chapter if they go to your website. Yes. Um, yep. But I love what you say here. The first line is freedom rushed through Nora Fenton's veins, erupting with each breath. Invisible shackles didn't bind out here. Her independence always came at a price. And then a little bit further down, freedom tasted far too sweet. Yeah. Hmm. How long <laughs> did it take you to write those lines? Because those are pretty profound. I think that first page changed about 18 times. Yeah. Just kind of reworking it until I got her feelings in that moment mm -hmm. in that moment she it's her first real ride on arrow and he is fast and they are flying through the pasture mm -hmm. and it's her feeling of pure freedom but she knows what it's going to cost her mm. yeah so. yeah and there's a cost and freedom in christ too oh yeah in a sense, you know, it's like a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you get on this ride with Jesus and trust me, it ain't going to be an easy little uh, raft down the, you know, calm lake waters. <laughs> no, no. And you never know what you're going to get or what turn you're going to take or where you're going to end up. No, you really don't. You really don't. Oh man. Okay. So this is awesome. I'm already skimming through the first chapter. So I'm going to email my editor today and let her know that I need an extension on my deadline. And it's <laughs> Stephanie McGee's fault. It's my fault. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to finish my book because I need to read this. This is good. So if we have readers out there who are feeling the same way I am, where can we go to learn about you and about your new book and everything there is to know about Mississippi? And my website is stephinamcgee.com. And so that's Stephen with an IA at the end is how you spell <laughs> Stephina. Um, and you can find all my books, what I'm working on, all my social media links are on there. You can sign up for my newsletter, which will give you the first glimpse of all my new stuff um, before anybody else gets to see it. And anytime I have sales and updates and stuff like that, it's all in my newsletter. Mm -hmm. So, and we do fun things too, giveaways, games, recipes, stuff like that. So. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, definitely sign up for newsletters. Um, anytime as readers who are listening, you go to an author's website, the newsletters are full of gold gems that you do not get on social media. It's yeah. Just, it's just, you don't know, giveaways and insider info and even information about other authors too, I've seen. So oh, yeah. do. I like to yeah. tell you what I've been reading and what I've liked about different books. And yeah, you get to see my dog because she's my toddler baby. <laughs> We got to hear her earlier. So now we get to, oh, see goodness, her to sign yeah. up for the newsletter. 
She's very talkative and very. I'm going to assume now that she's quiet that the UBS man has left the books yes. and gone. <laughs> yes, he did. And he was even so nice as to ring the doorbell so that it got them barking for even longer Aww. than normal. <laughs> well, like I've said before, we're nothing if we're not real here at Madeline Musings, and it's super fun. I'm really, really glad to have you. You and I have met in person. Um, and I lectured you a little bit the first time. Well, I think it's the first time we met, but you didn't even like say who you were. You're just like this nice reader coming to me for an autograph. And I felt so <laughs> dumb after I'm like, and what's your name? And you're like, I'm Stephina McGee. I'm like, oh, you're like an author. Why am I signing your book? Because I have a collection, y'all. I love going up and getting everybody like, I know you. I know my husband hates to go to Barnes and Noble with me because I'm like, I know her. I know her. I know her. I know her. Right, right. And then you pull out your phone and you're like, see, I have her cell phone number. See, I have her cell phone number. <laughs> love my collection of signed books. <laughs> uh, always a reader first, right? Doesn't matter always. how many books an author writes. We are always readers first. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Good. All right. Well, you have a wonderful day and I'm sure we'll have you back here again because you have another book coming out in May and yes. we got to read that one too. So thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Enjoyed it's laughing with you and chatting. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.